0: Hello and welcome to the Wellspring Tabernacle podcast. Wellspring Tabernacle is a Bible-based Trinitarian Christian church in Marble, North Carolina. We seek to impact our community through preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to today's episode and may God bless.
1: This morning we will continue in the Gospel of John, and today we come to verses 4 and 5 of chapter 1. Um, um, just a little tidbit background here. I did not know this until this past week, but the last chapter of John that he wrote wasn't
0: chapter 21. <clears throat> the last chapter that, of the Gospel that he wrote was the first chapter. If you look
1: at the first chapter of John and we will we'll we'll see this uh, as we continue as we go through this this first chapter is like a summary of everything else uh that's in the entire in the rest of the book um but now as for verses 4 and 5 um I almost did not deal with these verses but I but God wouldn't let me leave them alone um and these next two verses are the reason I didn't go any further into the text last week, because there is a powerful, powerful truth in these in these two verses, and I want to do my absolute best, not only for the congregation, but to honor God and His Word. But the Bible says in John chapter one, verses four and five says it says In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness." And the darkness comprehended it not. Now, there's several things in these two verses that I want us to see. I want to draw our attention to. But firstly, the Bible says that in him was life. All right. The the him here is Jesus, the word of God. We find the word was here like we do in verse one. And it's that constant, always existing was. He, he has never not been Filled with life, the life in him was so strong that not even the most cruel, torturous death ever imagined by fallen humanity could end end his life. Life is something of a theme in John's gospel. It's used over 30 times. Now, what are the essentials of life? There are at least four. Life must have light. If our son were to go out, everything on earth would die. We must also have air, water, and food. Jesus is all of these things. John 8 says he's the life and light of the world. Malachi 4 says he's the son of righteousness that rises with healing in his wings and by the Holy Ghost he gives us the breath of life. He's the water of life and those who drink from him will never thirst again. Jesus is also the bread of life come down from heaven. He not only has life and gives life but according to John 14 he is life itself. Now think just for a moment of your life before Christ and then look at your life after coming to Christ. Paul certainly knew what he was talking about when he said to the church of Ephesus that we have been brought to life from the deadness of our trespasses and sins. I want you to think just for a moment of God's grace that the God of the universe saw the wretched, vile, rebellious sinners we were and rather than allow us to remain dead in our sins, doomed for hell and damnation, he gave us life. And not only in nature, but he gives us eternal life in the spirit. John Gill said this, he said, there was life in the word with respect to himself, a divine life, the same with the life of the Father and the Spirit, and is in him, not by gift, but originally, independently, and from all eternity. Indeed, he lived before his incarnation as mediator and redeemer. Job knew him in his time. See, people think that Jesus just dropped out of heaven, all right, in the in into Mary's womb. They think that Jesus just appeared one day, but no, 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 no. Jesus is the pre-existent Word of God. Jesus, is, as part of the Godhead, exi- has existed in eternity past, all right? Job, when he went through all of the troubles and the trials of his life, he said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Who was he talking about this morning? He was talking about Jesus Christ, all right? When Abraham, like we said last week, when Abraham told Isaac that God would provide for himself a lamb for a sacrifice who was he talking about he was talking about Jesus all right when when we read in the Old Testament and we see the angel of the Lord that's not just some some random angel that is the preincarnate Christ that's come down to minister to the people of God But Gil goes on and he says, but but John regards him as the word and the living God and distinguishes him from the written word. He shows us that he is not a mere idea in the divine mind, but a truly divine person. And there was life in Christ the word with respect to others. The fountain of natural life is in him. He is the cause and preserver of it. One writer, I can't recall who it was, said that in the presence of true life, Nothing is said to have died. Everywhere Jesus went, you look at his you look at his ministry. Everywhere he went, life abounded. When he came to the city of Nan, the Bible says that there was a funeral going on for a young boy, and it said that Jesus stopped the funeral procession, took the boy by the hand, and rose him up and gave him back to his mother. In John chapter 11, when he was four days late getting to Bethany, the Bible says that Mary and Martha came to him and said, Lord, if you'd been here, our brother wouldn't have died, but he went to the tomb. He's already, they said, he's already, he's in the grave, he's been there. He stinks by now. And Jesus said, Roll the stone back from the tomb and cried with a loud voice and said, Lazarus, come forth. And he hopped out of the grave in his grave clothes. When we are when 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 death is presented with life, the life that is in Jesus Christ, death does not exist. It has to flee. But then we go on to verse five where it says That that life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. You look at verse five, it says, The you know, the life that we have outside of Christ is a half life, it's a cursed life, it's a life lived in the despair and darkness of sin and death. But oh, thank God. Oh, thank God this morning for the blessed day when the light of the glorious gospel was shined into our sad corner of existence and everything changed. Why did it change? Because when the darkness and death of sin are exposed to the holy light of Christ, it confounds them to the breaking point. They can't understand it and since they can't understand it, they hate it. And since they hate it, they cannot be around it. The light of the world shines into the darkest reaches of our souls and Darkness has to leave, all right? Light and darkness, just like life, are recurring themes in John's gospel. Alright, God is light according to 1 John 1, and while Satan, Luke says, is the power of darkness, people love either the light or the darkness, and this love controls their actions. John 3:16 through 19. Alright, those who believe on Christ are the sons of light, John 12 says, just as the first creation began with let there be light, so the new creation begins with the entrance of light into the heart of the believer, 2 Corinthians 4 the coming of Jesus Christ into the world was a dawn of a new day for sinful man you would think that blind sinners would welcome light but such is always not is not always the case All right, the coming of true light brought conflict as the powers of darkness opposed it darkness hates light and whether we like it or not, darkness permeates and envelops the church of the living God. We have people in our churches who know the Lord, but they have allowed darkness back into their lives. In Ephesians 4, 12 through 24 and verse 27, the Bible says this. It says, this I say therefore, this is Paul speaking, and testifying the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened. There it is again, darkness. All right, what does darkness do? Watch what, watch what Paul says. It says that being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts, darkness, breaks alienation from the life of God (laughs) who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness but ye have not so learned Christ you didn't get that mess from Jesus you didn't get darkness and sin from the Lord no you did not he goes on and he says if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And then verse 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. All right, notice what Paul says here. He says that we're not to walk as others walk in vanity of the mind. That word vanity means depravity. All right, in Philippians 4, the Bible tells us, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think on these things all right when we walk in our own depravity our understanding is darkened and we are alienated from the life of God through our ignorance and the blindness of our hearts and that in turn leads to all matter of sin and uncleanness we don't get this from Jesus it's from the darkness that we allow into our lives all right Paul then says that if we do know Jesus and have been taught by him to put off the things concerning the old man be renewed by the spirit put on the new man and as we move forward to give no place to the devil all right now this word place means occupancy don't give the devil anywhere to occupy your life can i get a witness all right i struggle with this myself And I'm I'm just going to be honest this morning, all right? As pastor of this church, I struggle. There are areas that I fail in miserably of giving the devil occupancy in my life. We all struggle with this. We all fight against this. But the thing, but what matters is not, of course, not to give place to the devil. Don't give him occupancy, but to recognize it when it comes and rebuke it, refute it, turn from it, repent of it, and don't pick it back up again. But to be renewed by the Spirit and put on the new man. Now the powers of darkness aren't interested in lost people because they already have them. The powers of this world want control of the church. The devil wants control of the church. All right, And y'all hear me this morning. You can be saved. You can be water baptized. You can come to church every Sunday. you You can preach. You can sing. You can praise God. You can share the gospel. And you can do every bit of that still bound with chains of darkness on your life. The only thing you can't do bound is be free. And the Bible says that whom the son has made free is free indeed so why do we continually go and pick up these chains and wrap ourselves in them when the bible says that christ has made us free as long as the church continues to give occupancy to the devil, they allow darkness to bind them. They want, most people and most churches want Jesus on their terms. They want a little Jesus here and a little light there. They want a little here and a little there. Just like Israel was when Isaiah prophesied to them that they wanted to hear a little and there a little, but yet they still would not. They lived their lives bound in 99% darkness. But thankfully, there's light at the end of the tunnel, all right? Look at verse 5 again. If I were to translate this verse literally, it would read this way. The light keeps on shining in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it or understood it, all right? The Greek verb here can mean to overcome or to grasp or understand, all right? Throughout the Gospel of John, we'll see both attitudes revealed. People will not understand what the Lord is saying and doing, and as a result, they will oppose Him, all right? John seven. through 12 records the growth of that opposition which ultimately leads to the crucifixion of Christ All right, when Jesus taught a spiritual truth his listeners interpreted it in a material or physical way the light was unable to penetrate the darkness in their minds this was true when he spoke about the temple of his body in John 2 the new birth in John 3 the living water in John 4 or eating his flesh in John 6 or spiritual freedom in John 8 death as a type of sleep in John 11, and many other spiritual truths, Satan strives to keep people in darkness because darkness means death and hell, while light means life and light. The, fa- the fact that ex- this fact helps explain the ministry of John the Baptist, all right? If you look at verses six through eight in John one, all right, it says that there was a man who sent from God whose name was John. He was, sent, he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. John was sent as a witness to Jesus Christ to tell people that the light had come into the world. The nation of Israel, in spite of all of its spiritual advantages, was blind to their own Messiah. They looked at the Messiah as one that would come and establish an earthly kingdom. He was going to annihilate the Romans and put the Jews back on top. And then here comes Jesus saying, My kingdom's not of this world. And how we are so much like those Jewish people. We're so like those first century Jews that we hone in on the finite when God wants us to look at the eternal. We want to dial in on some, all right, we want to, we, this, is the, this is the way we are. We'll focus, on the sta- we'll focus on the stain in the carpet when there's garbage all around everywhere. We want to look at things so it, with such tunnel vision. We see we see, and, he, and this this happens so much today, especially in charismatic and Pentecostal circles. People will see some of the problem that someone else is having, whether they struggle, you know, with with a foul mouth or whether they struggle with lust or drinking or different things they want to focus in on a symptom and not treat the cause Jesus came not to just treat symptoms but to treat the cause when light shines in darkness you you know this 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 morning is, is that darkness does not exist on its own you can't show someone darkness You can show them light, but the only way darkness exists is in absence of light. So we have so many people that are bound up with something that if you were to turn the light on it, it would vanish. It would disappear. But John was sent as, like I said a minute ago, as a witness to Christ. The tell people that light had come into the world. All right, the word witness is a key word in the book in the book of John. John uses it fourteen ta- uses the noun form fourteen times and the verb form over thirty times. John the Baptist was one of the many people who bore witness to Jesus, saying, "This is the Son of God." But, but of course, John was martyred, and the Jewish leaders did nothing to prevent it. But why did the nation reject Jesus because they knew him not? they were spiritually ignorant just like Paul said in Ephesians they were blinded by darkness alienated from God and they were ignorant Jesus is the true light the original alright which and every other thing that tries to be light is a copy but the Jews were content with the copies they were, they were content with the pale imitations they had Moses and the law they had the temple and the sacrifices all of those things pointed to Jesus But they didn't comprehend that these shades of light pointed to the true light which was the fulfillment the completion of the Old Testament religion let us this morning not be satisfied with a cheap imitation I don't know about anyone else but fake simply will not work for me fluff cannot support the weight of day to day life alright let me. I'll explain what I mean All right, I used to be what many in this area would call a church hopper or, or a revival chaser if I heard that God was moving in one place I would go there if I heard he was moving in another place I, w- I was a tumbleweed christian i would go from here to there and everywhere but the problem of it is is it would tickle my flesh and it would pacify my carnality but after all of these services and meetings there was no lasting change wrought in my life nothing i heard had any sort of lasting effect because 99 percent of it was fluff I'd go to these spirit, these quote unquote spirit filled services and they'd get up there and somebody some some loose lipped somebody that claims to be a prophet would give some sort of vague utterance saying oh the, the, the need that you have is going to be met not in months not in weeks but in days well praise God if, if, if it's really God speaking speak to me directly tell me what's going on in my life if God's really speaking through someone then tell me But you know what happened is that, and I believe, y'all know me, I believe God speaks. I believe He does. I believe He works through people. I believe He works through experiences. But all right, thankfully, though, God the Holy Ghost is our teacher and guide, and He's the best one there is. When man can't give you an answer, the Spirit of God can. All right, you can have more degrees attached to your name than a thermometer, but without the Holy Ghost, all you have is knowledge, but no wisdom. All right, the Spirit of God began to woo me and to lead me to. the word of God and it was in the word of God and that's why people run around and they want to see this and they want to see that and they want to see somebody old that might have a word they might get a word they might get this stop relying on your stop filling your diet with stuff that cannot sustain you stop filling your spiritual life with things that cannot cannot help you and get into his word God has given us 66 books of unadulterated undefiled truth and don't don't run, I want somebody to come running in here looking for a word because I'm going to look at them straight in their God given eye and I'm going to tell them don't come looking for a word if you've not been in the word because I can promise you if you'll get in that book and you will saturate your life in the word of God if you will saturate your life in the word of truth God will speak to you through it and will. It and buy it. but we want but everybody everybody wants fluff we want we want lights and sparks and fog you know what happens is eventually sparks will fizzle out fog goes away everything I think of what Paul said he said, I will, the, the Lord was speaking and said, I'll shake, I'll shake heaven and the earth also. So those things which cannot be shaken can remain. When it comes down to it, friend, y'all hear me this morning, you hear me well. Your life can be shook up your relationships can be shook up your home can be shook up the church can be shook up but I tell you what's never ever ever in the history of time been shook up for as long, and, and, and never will be for as long as eternity rolls alright heaven has never been shaken God has never been shaken Jesus has never been shaken the spirit of God has never quaked in his boots for anything alright the and the word of God has never been shaken how do I I know it's never been shaken because ever since God gave his word to man they have tried to remove it from its foundations they've tried to shake it they've tried to unsettle it they've tried to say that the Bible is not trustworthy that it's full of contradictions well I've got news for you and news for them this morning forever O oh Lord is thy word settled in heaven it's purified like silver tried in the fire and it has been given to us today Yes. And what did David say about the word of God? We're talking about light and darkness. What did David say about the word? He said, Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path and I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Here's the thing this morning and this is the problem in the majority of the church today. We have not spent enough time in the word that is a lamp under our feet and a light under our path. We've not hidden the word in our heart that we might not sin against God. Instead we have sought fluff. We've looked for this manifestation and that manifestation and let me tell you right here this morning, Ramah Church let me echo this this morning what Tim Hill, he's a Church of God bishop said years ago, you can, I don't care what manifestation you've got, I don't care what you say is going on, you cannot be more spiritual than you are scriptural. You cannot, I, I want to see it backed up in the word of God throw the shed, throw the light on that thing and see how it lasts churches today looking more like nightclubs when you walk into them than they do the house of God turn the lights on just for a minute and watch what's happening when you've got scandal after scandal popping up from behind closed doors meetings in churches throw the light on them things and watch what happens because i can promise you if god was in it i think i think of men that have been in the public spotlight they've been in the public square i think of men that have never ever had a scandal brought out against them i think of men i think of men like billy graham preach for decades upon decades. No telling it how many people heard the gospel and came to know Jesus through that man's obedience to the call of God on his life. Never a scandal. Never a... You know, I mean, people's got plenty of bad to say about him. He, you know, I mean, he, he stood for the Lord and of, of course, that's always going to bring out people that, that despise and hate it because darkness despises light but he never had a scandal I think about other men that at one point in time God used them mightily I think about Jimmy Swagger God used him in power but as soon as the light was shined as soon as the light was shown it all crumbled this morning we must have Christ must be preeminent in our lives because he and he alone is life and he is light. But I'll come to a close with this. I think of the words of the Apostle Paul. He said, though we or an angel from heaven come with any other gospel save that which you first received. Let them be accursed. I do not care. when And it makes me nervous when somebody runs up saying God told me this or God told me that. It makes me very nervous. I believe that God can still speak. But, and y'all hear me when someone says God told them something and it immediately throws off alarm bells in your spirit there's a reason for it you better be a Berean you better get into the word and you better verify it by the word of God and I don't care who says it I don't care if it's your grandma your grandpa your mama your daddy your favorite preacher that you think would never ever leave you astray I don't care if it's me check everything I'm saying by the word of God and if you and and I will I'll go ahead and tell you I can't I can goof up, I can make mistakes, you check her with the Bible, and if any of you ever catch me in a mistake, if y'all ever catch me having said something wrong and you see it in the Word of God, you bring it to me and you show it to me, and I will be the first to say that I have I had that wrong, I messed up. But throw the light on that thing. Let God be true as it is written, and every man a liar. That thou might be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Turn the light on that thing this morning. Turn the light on. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. And Father, we pray that you would bless the, the reading and the preaching of it. God, I pray this morning that we would look to you and you alone. That we would look to the light of the word of God for life this morning that we would allow the word of God to be preeminent in our lives, Lord, that we would always seek your word in everything that we do. And Lord Jesus, we pray that you would minister to us this morning. God, that you would take, that that this would be something that would stick with us, Lord, that would carry us through. Help us, Lord, to, to not entertain darkness and to not give occupancy, to give no place to the devil but God to seek you in all that we do. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wellspring Tabernacle podcast. If you feel led to do so, please give us a review on the platform of your choice. And if you would like to reach out to us further, please email us at NC. At gmail.com. Until next week, may God bless you.